Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hi guys. Apparently, I need to change up the way that I say my intros. I always say hi, guys. Anyway, um, I am coming at you today from somewhere different. I'm not in my little home studio. I'm actually in Toowoomba in uh, Queensland. Now, anyone in Australia would probably know where that is. But if you are one of my listeners from overseas, you'll have to look it up. And I am super excited to introduce to you my guest today, um, I've just been with um, Letitia, Letitia Shelton. Let me say hello first. She's right with me. Hello, Letitia. Hi, guys. <laughs> Are you mocking me? No, not at all. It's a great introduction. <laughs> so Letitia invited me up here to Toowoomba to do an event um, with her. And we've just had the most wonderful 24 hours mm. with a bunch of incredible women who are making changes all around the city. But we will chat about that. Letitia is going to come on for two podcasts. Um She's an author, which we're going to get into in a moment, but we're also going to do a podcast um, probably next week, I'll play this one, about eradicating porn in your city. She's just got a very small vision to eradicate it completely in her city. But anyway, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Great to be with you. So tell everyone how you and I met. Well, <laughs> this is funny. We, yes, we met over this podcast, actually. We did. Um, I have been cycling and I undertook a huge ride this year from Darwin to Broome and I had to train for hours, do about three or 400 Ks a week. So I was spending hours on my bike and always looking for good podcasts and I'd heard you speak somewhere where you mentioned your podcast. So I hooked into it and listened to, to like caught up to episode 100 within a few months <laughs> because I had all you these hours. me. <laughs> I did. It was like Netflix with Renee. <laughs> Um, but just found so much life and, and mm. just a kindred spirit, I guess, of around a lot of the issues. Uh, it was just great yeah. to hear another Christian woman addressing yeah. um, cultural issues in our nation. We will talk for a moment about why the heck you were cycling from Darwin to Broome. The funny thing is I was your cycling partner, mm. but I did not lose any kilos <laughs> or any calories. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't? Yes. No. Maybe next time. Maybe next Maybe time. time. So tell us who you are and what you do for people that have never heard of you before. Hmm. So my name's Letitia. Um, I'm in Toowoomba and I run an organisation called City Women. Um, I'm also a pastor, but always grew up mm. with the knowledge that we're here to pastor a city. Mm. Um, and I think we've made our success um, as churches around uh, numbers and who comes into our building, but actually our success should be based on is our city getting healthier or not? Is domestic Great. violence going up or down? Mm. Um, so I began an organisation, City Women, really trying to mobilise the church women uh, into our community. Um, mm. And we've been doing that for 21 years. So we work uh, with refugees, we're in schools running programs, we run a pregnancy support centre, we support the sex workers. Oh, um, yes, that is so interesting. <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> You, you go to brothels often. <laughs> yes, to support the sex workers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just been, yeah, a, an exciting journey of working together as mm. uh, women across the churches, just laying down our denominations, those things that we can get caught up with to be light and hope mm. in our city and bring health mm. to our city. Yeah, and that the event that I've just come and spoken at mm. was a celebration 
of all of the things that the women have achieved, I was so moved by so many of them. I mean, we had we had someone bring two dogs in because mm-hmm. they use their dogs as therapy in courthouses. The things that I learned, like I didn't know that when you've got a bunch of men sitting in a courthouse waiting room, mm-hmm. that they sit there talking about their crimes and often the competition can escalate. And just the fact of bringing a therapy dog in calms things down. I didn't know that. It's incredible, isn't it? It's cr- crazy. And then, um, oh, if you hear traffic, that's just the Toowoomba traffic. It doesn't <laughs> happen very often. It's a busy city. <laughs> We're laughing about that, but those of you that don't, it's actually a beautiful city. Um, So I'm very inspired. Um, Letitia has actually been a real encouragement to me. She'll often repost my stuff or just message me and say, thank you for this podcast episode that you did, um, which has been a huge support to me. So it was really nice to meet you in the flesh as of yesterday. Um, But Letitia is also an author who has written a number of little mini books, little novellas, I guess you'd call them, um, around the topic of disruptive women. And that caught my eye. I think because when I was younger growing up, I was very inspired by people like Corrie ten Boom. Um, I would read a lot of books about women that would do great things in their lives. So we've got the books in front of us. Um, For those of you that know me, literally my love language is coffee and books. Yes. So when I got back to my hotel room last night and Letitia had bundled these up and wrapped them up, I literally was so excited. That was better than like a $100 gift voucher (laughs) any day of the week. Um, So why did you write these books? These little mini books, yeah. Disruptive Women, and what are they on? There's mm. a few topics. Yes, I um, started out just studying the women of the Bible. Um, mm. I've grown up in church, and I don't want to sound cynical, but in church you hear a lot of sermons about men, <laughs> and a yes. lot of great sermons. Yes. Um, and you'll hear the occasional one on Deborah and Esther and Mary and, you know, Proverbs 31. Mother's Day. Yes, Mother's Day <laughs> when it's the token woman can speak. Uh, and I began to study these women and I heard about women like Rizpah. Oh, <laughs> yes, I have heard you of Rizpah, yeah. but I can't tell you what she did. Yes. Well, she camped outside underneath the bodies of seven dead boys um, to keep away the um, wild beasts from devouring them. Anyway, it's, I don't want to preach sermons. <laughs> but then I heard about Shipra and Pua. Um, so we've all heard about Moses, but Moses wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for these two midwives who mm. defied the powers of the day. They entered into civil disobedience. They were meant to, you know, <laughs> they meant to kill off Moses, but they um, didn't. Yeah, And I was just like, why aren't we preaching on these? So I just would write a little blog and um, kind of, you know, relate it to today's world and stick it on Facebook. And, yes. Um, and it went everywhere. And then people just said, please print, please print. So yep. um, I just kind of, as I keep studying, I'd stick one on Facebook and then I've been printing them. So there's three on biblical women, one mm-hmm. on history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the main focus. So where, so just because you've said Facebook, if people mm. want to follow you on Facebook or Instagram, mm. Letitia Shelton, mm. but spelt with a T, yeah. L-E-T-I-T-I-A, yeah. Shelton. Mm. Um, otherwise, you can jump on Girl Next Door podcast and I follow her there. So you will find her because she does put up little snippets and I get so inspired mm. by that. Um, you were just talking about civil disobedience because I've been hearing a lot of people lately say, that's not jo- our job, at, uh, you know, as the church, we need to be obeying authority. And I saw this little, I wouldn't call it a meme, I saw this picture of um, Moses' mother putting her into a bas- putting him into a basket in the river, mm-hmm. and the caption was Moses' mother did not comply. Yeah, 
I love that. I saved it. I'm so motivated when I hear things like that. Absolutely. I think there's certain times and places and ways we can do it. Um, yes. And, and Rosa Parks, I think she's in my history one. I mean, she's the one who refused to uh, sit down, uh, well, refused to stand up on the bus for yeah. a uh, white man and um, that kicked off um, Martin mm. Luther King's work. So yeah. there's a time and place when it's really important. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking in one of these right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and I'm just opening up randomly. And this is what I'm reading. The woman who was chopped into pieces. It's it's not your typical, and this is another reason why it's not your typical church um, reading. But again, as I began to study the women in the Bible, I found a big disconnect between them and us church women. In church, we're almost conditioned just to be nice, look nice, um, Mm. be silent, you know, um, do the nice women's ministry stuff or whatever. But in the Bible, again, these women weren't just sitting around having high teas. They were, um, well, that's a tragic story. That is, I'm reading it going, it's probably (laughs) M-rated, R-rated for the podcast. But it happened, yeah, what happened to her in here? That's a judicial, yeah. Sorry, I'm reading. Sorry, that's why I'm silent right now because I'm reading. But the women in the Bible, they were... um, they were disrupting powers of the day. They were hammering mm. tent pegs through the enemy's head. They were planting churches. They were following Jesus right to the cross when all the rest of the disciples disappeared. Um, yeah. they're, they're not weak and silent mm. by any means. Mm. Um, and so I'd love to see that same heart and spirit. Not that we can um, hammer tent pegs through people's heads today. but I'd, That was in Judges. I'd, yeah. was, you're talking about um, JL. JL. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Yeah. Um, but like God help us to, to, you know, see injustice in our city, in our street, yeah. in our family and uh, respond yeah. God in godly ways. Yeah. And you have outworked that yourself. I think you're a disruptive woman in every good sense of the word. Um, you know, I mean, talk to us about why you were cycling. We're going to do a whole podcast on this, mm. but give us a give us a, a little taste of what's to come in the next <laughs> podcast. Why were you cycling from Darwin to Broome? Yes, I've been running a campaign in our city called A City Free From Porn um, because after many years of helping girls, realising that porn is fueling domestic violence, rape, incest, a lot of these issues, and not to mention what it's doing to our men and our poor boys. So um, there's Mm. another book. I didn't write it, but I got a hold of it on how to speak to your kids about porn. Mm. And I want to get that into every home of my city and needed to raise some funds and I love to cycle, so... You combine the two. We'll talk more about that on the next podcast because mm. that's just amazing. Um, can I grab the book? There's a there's a book here that in front of us. Yeah. On, yes, disruptive women in history. Mm. Um, I think that when we uh, share stories about disruptive women, it inspires us in our part of the world with who we can be and what we can do. Um, And so women in history are a powerful way of doing that. I always talk about my nana, who I think was a disruptive woman in the most quietest of ways, Mm -hmm. but hiding a Jewish woman in her house Mm -hmm. when her own stepfather was a Nazi um, officer and she would have been shot on sight. Uh, if she had been found out and she just had a baby. Mm. My uncle was a baby. And so I can't imagine, you know, I would want to batten down the hatches and protect my own family and my newborn baby. Um, And, you know, oh, I've never said this before. I've actually never told anybody this. And here I am telling everybody. Um, When my Nana passed away, 
Now I've got, um, there's 13 grandchildren and I can't even remember how many great-grandchildren, 20-something great-grandchildren. And when they took out my nana's jewellery box, there was one item in her <clears throat> in her jewellery box and she wore it every single day and it was a cross. Mm. And it's funny because my family, even though my nana was a Christian, my family, the rest of my family are not, which I don't quite understand why that didn't translate to my family. My dad isn't my, you know. And um, they wanted me to speak at the funeral, which I did, but they all agreed that the cross should go to me. Um, But I just, I haven't got it on today because I'm getting a longer chain for Mm. it. But um, I can't wait to get that and to wear it. Mm. She wore it every day of her life. Every single photo I've got of her, she's wearing that cross. Her faith was dear to her. What would be some of your favourite stories? Do you need the book? Uh, Or are they in your heart? What would be some of your favourite ones of disruptive women in history? Yeah, so many. Um, And I can't remember if I put her in the book or not, but a lady called Mildred Matters. Uh, she was a Australian lady who moved to the UK around the time when uh, the suffragette movement was just yeah. taking off. So she actually went to the UK to study drama, uh, found got caught up in the suffragette movement. And back in those days, because they didn't have social media like you and I to get mm. our word out, quite often mm. um, they would print off hundreds and thousands of copies of leaflets and go and deliver them. So they knew that the king was coming to town and there was going to be a big crowd and they thought this is a great chance to get our mm. message out. Um, but a law was passed that they could, it was illegal. They, they'd be, really? They'd be in big trouble if they handed out... Um, Sounds a bit like cancel culture today on social media. <laughs> a little bit. So she knew that she couldn't go and hand out her leaflets. And generally, mm. um, you know, I find that if that happens to us, we go, oh, bummer, and we just yep. don't do anything. Yep. Shucks. And sometimes we're looking for an excuse too. Um, but yeah. Mildred went and hired a hot air balloon because there was no law that said you couldn't rise above the crowd and... F- Chuck out the really <laughs> out the leaflets, and uh, she hired a hot air balloon <clears throat> with her megaphone, shouting "Votes for Women" and disseminating her flies. And again, I just love that spirit because we give up way too easily. A little bit of opposition, and we're totally. like, oh, I can't do it. Uh, and I reckon God has a solution to every problem, even if it's a hot air balloon, um, yes. because God was for women and wanted them to have uh, a vote and a say. Uh, so I just love that spirit, and and. It's, again, it's a simple thing, and I keep thinking, what can I hire a hot air balloon for? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday. I said to Letitia, the thing I love about Letitia, she doesn't wait for anyone to give her permission. You literally just, um, and this is what I was reading about when I was sharing with the women this morning. Deborah in the Bible was, um, it, it talked about in Judges 5 that blessed are those who are the leaders who lead and then the people that follow. And you're a leader who just leads. You don't wait for permission. I mean, your hot air balloon became a, a bike where you cycled to raise money for these for these books. Um, but I'm very inspired by watching you and your boldness and your creativity to find solutions. Like you're not sitting there waiting for someone to drop money in your lap for something. Mildred didn't wait for someone to give her a solution. She found the solution. Who on earth took her up in the hot air balloon? Who, <laughs> who wrote that thing? <laughs> Do you write it? Is that what you call it? Flew it, flew it. Who blew it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I just, again, you just take on the, the um, what's the word, the lesson of yeah. you know, what she did and just not giving in. Um, we give in way too easily. Yeah. 
Can you give us another one? I love these stories. Oh. Give us another one. <laughs> Gosh, I better have a look now. I'm like, you need to put more of them on your on your well, Instagram. But well, then yeah. you've got to buy the book. I will tell you guys where you can buy these books because I'm telling you, these are great socking, so, socking, stocking fillers for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. um, if you've got young girls in your life, yeah. or even older women, anyone, I'm inspired by them. Yeah. You've heard of Irina Sendler, have you? No. Oh, no, oh, gosh. If you did an Instagram about uh, it, I yeah. probably I'm such haven't. a big Facebooker. I need to do more Instagram. Oh, I need to see. Okay, I need That's to look at your problem. Facebook more. Uh, Irina was a, alive during World War Two. Uh, yeah. She was a Christian woman uh, in the city of Warsaw when they were building the ghettos and putting all the Jewish people. Mm. And so she was allowed in and out of this ghetto every day to administer medical needs to right. the Jewish people. And she saw the amount of children in there and she knew that they were going to be put on a train to a concentration camp. So Irina went and found Christian families outside of the walled city, a lot of Catholics, and said, if I can rescue a baby, a Jewish baby, will you take them in? And, um, and knowing that if you get caught, yeah. like yeah. your grandma, they'll be yeah. shot. Um, and so she did. She found all these families and then her and a small team of people for two years rescued 2,500 baby Jews. Uh, they were smuggling them out through dead bodies because a lot of the Jews were dying. Um, really? In toolboxes, they were throwing them over the wall with people on the other side to wow. capture them. And so in two years, she saved 2,500 babies. She was captured by the Nazis because she'd kept a record of every family she put. Oh, um, so she could try and reconnect them Try to family. reconnect. Uh, captured by the Nazis, wouldn't give them any information. She was ordered to go before the firing squad. Uh, and the man who was meant to shoot her just said, run go really <laughs> and so she escaped and she lived to the age of 98 and died in 2008 oh um, that so now you can, you can go on youtube and there's interviews with these babies now as grown adults really um, just share it just so thankful tears absolutely oh look oh. That's... and again it's that that risk that courage that boldness um yeah. the civil disobedience the <laughs> yeah uh, what she did to save yep. these babies yep um, I mean, I'm I'm talking to. It's funny because a lot of people don't like to equate the Holocaust with what's happening now, mm. whereas I'm completely of the opinion that no, we're not seeing the deaths, but evil is evil, and the spirit of evil is the same. Absolutely, no matter what the outcome might be. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing. I mean, I just talked to one girl up here during this event, a young girl, she's only 22. She's a listener of the podcast. Um, you know, and she, her way of standing up right now is she doesn't want to get the vaccination and she's given up so much because of that. She was given a scholarship to go overseas with her study. Mm. She's turned it down. Mm. Um, she's turned down a lot of things because she believes in freedom of choice. Mm. Um, and so there are people making sacrifices now, you know, and I would call her a disruptive girl, young girl, um, in today's society, how do you think we can be disruptive women in the good sense now in our part of the world? I think, um, you know, disruptive means uh, causing causing trouble. And I yes, remember. I looked it up. Do you know what? I looked <laughs> I that up I've in the dictionary. Be, I should know it off by heart. Yes. yes. Um, disruptive uh, means to cause trouble and therefore to stop something from continuing as usual. So, you know, it is a little bit controversial, but mm. just look at where is the darkness where you are. It'll be whether it's in your family where you need to speak up, whether it's in your street, um, yeah. 
whether you know it's in your workplace um, and so generally when you're going to disrupt it is going to cause some some friction mm. not everyone's going to be your best friend but if it's mm. in line with the bible and and you're godly and and seeking wisdom too like i just don't go out and <laughs> be some crazy person as you don't yeah. um but yeah there's it's just looking at where's the darkness and well we've got to disrupt that yeah <laughs> and, and that's what light. You're, that's what you're doing you need to write it. You need to write yourself into there, into the stories. <laughs> we'll, you'll go down in history. No. You will go down in history for what you're doing. I mean, you were telling me a bit about your life um, when we had dinner last night, um, and just uh, okay, you got to tell this story. Letitia, when she was nineteen, went to an island in Fiji. You tell the story mm. where you got stuck. And the yes. way you got out is hysterical. Tell, oh. the, tell the story. What were you doing <laughs> there, by the way? Yes, I was with Youth with a Mission. So That's I went right. over and did a why discipleship when? training school um, on the main island of Fiji. Um, we were there and then they sent us out for outreach to this tiny little island called Rotuma. We had to get on a boat with all the cows and horses and donkeys and everything else they were taking to the island. That's uh, weird in itself. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> well, this was when was that, 1995 or something? Yeah. And I was as sick as a dog. Oh, my gosh. But um, two days, two nights on this boat rocking through the oceans. We got off um, in Rotuma. We were doing all our outreach, our, you know, action songs and all the things you did back then. The boat returned to the main island of Fiji. It was meant to come and get us a month later, but then it got stuck on the coral reef and, I don't know, stuff happened. And so it never came back to get us. And, And I was the only non-Fijian person in our team so they were kind of happy to hang Mm. out on the island forever but I wanted to get back to Australia. Totally. Um, This is before the internet so there was only one telephone on the whole island. And by the way why did the boat forget to come back and get you? Oh it got stuck on a coral reef. Okay. Um, Yes it set out (laughs) things happen in Fiji. (laughs) Anyway eventually one day I saw an aeroplane land with some mail um, and just I had $500 on me and just went up to the pilot and said I'll give you this if I can be taken back to the mainland. So that's how I got back and left the rest of my team. Explain what the plane was like. You said it was the co-pilot, the pilot. Yes, and and this one seat down the back. um, So there was no no service, no toilet, um, no no movies. You didn't get movies, Netflix (laughs) and coffee brought to your Nothing. And I remember we flew through a storm and I was just holding on. It was was wild, but it's all part of making you who you are. Yeah. And I love how you've always followed the call of God on your life. So you were uh, did Bible college in America for three years. You were mm. offered the position of being a youth pastor in Chicago. Mm. But God said... Mm, come back to Toowoomba. <laughs> Chicago or Toowoomba? I know. I know. Um, he said, I want you to come back for what I want to do in the city. So yeah. I, I knew there was something um, yeah. that I needed to do. So I just came back yeah. and um, then things opened up. Yeah. Mm. And here you are and you've been in Toowoomba for... How many years? Uh, well, 21, that is, yeah. since I came back from Bible college. Yeah. yeah. And just, yeah, sorry, you were going to say? Oh, well, I was going to say, so I came back and started as the youth pastor here in our church. Um, mm. And then we were attending a meeting with, a bit like this morning, with female leaders uh, mm. from different churches. And our mayor, we had a female mayor back then, um, Di Thorley, a great lady, so passionate about young people. Uh, and she said, you ladies are doing great things inside your church, but why don't you get outside the walls? Uh, she said the effing walls, actually, <laughs> uh, swore at us, and, and do something for the young people of our city. And wow. she was right because yes. we become so inward. We spend so much time and energy mm. on looking after 
Mm. She, and, and the church is great and important, but we're yep. God's instrument to yep. um, bring his kingdom. Yeah. So our mayor challenged us and we took that on board and started running camps for teenage girls and that was the first thing we did and then mm. I just began seeing needs and mm. meeting them. Yeah. <laughs> Along with hundreds of volunteers in our city. Yes, yeah, because your city women that you oversee, um, this is what I love about it, you've managed to build relationship with a lot of already existing mm. charities and organisations and they all come under the city uh, women umbrella so when people in the city need help, it's like mm. a one-stop shop. Mm. Instead of having four different organisations trying to do something, mm-hmm. um, you, you've you just all kind of come together. Yeah. And look, and that just helps. I mean, we've been running a program called Bella Girl in about 30 schools across our city. Mm. Uh, and so schools don't have to ring one office. You know, they're not trying to sort out, so which church is helping us yes. or what? They just ring one office. We'd like Bella Girl next term, yeah. you know, for this. And, and we're yeah. like, yep, we're on to it. We'll make it happen. So yeah. I think just being able to deliver stuff in our city and because we don't get government funding, so things just don't disappear because suddenly yeah. the funding's not that we've <laughs> yeah. tried to be simple and sustainable yeah. uh, over a long haul. Yeah. All right, so finish off telling us um, what it is you do in the brothels because that fascinated <laughs> me. And when we pulled up to breakfast this morning, you pointed out to me um, it looked like a lovely kind of bar, cafe, bar kind of place, I don't know, um, and you're like, oh, and that's the strip club. And mm-hmm. I tried to get that building to do a women's uh, a worship event and I'm like, you crack me up. You are literally going right into the places like Jesus did. Mm, yeah. um, tell us about the work you do there because most people would be like you're kidding me you're going you're a christian and you're walking into a brothel in a strip club yes yes well 11 years ago our state government again and a Blige government decided that women needed a legalized brothel so they come up with great mm, ideas great. even though all the research around the drugs it brings the crime yeah. uh, so again we engaged we always we engage respectfully with our yeah. politicians and we did protests and, and had um, public meetings um, but as soon as it opened, I found a team of women who I knew were passionate um, mm. to, to love prostitutes. So they just turned up one day with a platter of food and said, we're from the church and we'd love to um, just meet your ladies. And the manager said, oh, you are so much nicer than those ladies who were protesting, even oh. though they were part of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So which is, I think there's yeah. a time to protest and then there's yep. a time to go in and it's, they're both equally important. That's great. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, just for years, they've been turning up to the, um, up to the brothel. Um, just, we just take in a platter of food or coffees and, and just sit out the That's back with amazing. the women while they're waiting for the men. Um, <laughs> and then the strip club opened about five years later and the manager of the brothel wrote us a reference. <laughs> That to, is so funny. To take funny. to the strip club to just say how you want these people, um, these church in ladies. Yeah. So, again, we just go into the strip club every few weeks and sit out the back. It's a lot busier. Um, mm. You know, there's about 20 or 30 women coming in and out and on and off mm. stage. And um, But just being there is just beautiful. Um, and they all know that we're Christians and from the church and they uh, just find it just so appreciative that we come into their space we're not expecting yeah. they're not going to turn up to church on sunday morning after no. they've only gone to bed at 4am that's right <laughs> um and in fact then i invited our brothel manager one year to be the guest speaker at one of our christian women's events i can't believe you did that because um, <laughs> i think it's important it's yeah. important to hear from our city yeah and it's important to humanize these people because yes. i think we um we see 
Mm. I don't know what idea we get about prostitutes, but um, mm. uh, and so I wanted to humanise her, and, and she was a beautiful woman, and just shared her story of being adopted into a pedophile ring here in um, Australia, and became pregnant as a young woman, and so many of these they end up in sex work because there's yeah. a story, there's abuse. Yep. Um, it's not their empowering a choice, mm. exactly. So um, mm. yeah, she was blown away. <laughs> Wow. By just coming to our event and just so loved on it was her forty third birthday, so we gave her forty three gifts that morning. Yes, which she opened. She took one them home a day. and opened them one by one on Facebook Live, even <laughs> while she was working at the brothel. <laughs> um, and she was just yeah, no one had ever acknowledged her in that way in her life. Um, so it's just putting value on humans, yes. humans, yes. isn't it? Yeah. They know we don't agree with what they do, but yeah. we love who they are. Yeah, um, and we don't have to remind them that no. we don't agree with what they do. They know that. As exactly. soon as you say we're from a church, they know. Exactly. Yep. So I, I think Christians should be mm. everywhere, and not to mention all our massage places with Asian women who have probably been trafficked into us. Yep. We, we visit those regularly here in our city as well. Um, the English is limited, but just trying to connect and, and love them too. So You're so game. I get too shy to go somewhere where I don't know anyone. I don't know. I've well, got rejection issues. <laughs> I get asked a lot. So how do you start a ministry uh, yeah. into a brothel um, or the massage place? And I say, you knock on the door. <laughs> and we did simple. that for five years. And then we found out that there was training that an organization in Adelaide, Rahab Ministries, um, oh, yeah. started down there. And they offer all this training and help. And so we did the training, which has been good. But yeah. I think sometimes, again, we sit back waiting till. All the planets align before yeah. we step out. Yeah. Um, you just go knock on a door and you'll find out. Yeah. They... That's awesome. I love it's that. <laughs> I'm inspired. Oh, I'm too nervous to go knocking on a brothel door in Brisbane. Okay, One of you, you girls there. listening. Yeah, okay, I'll <laughs> go with you. Um, so where can we get hold of your Disruptive Women Yes, books? on our citywomen.com.au. We have a store, a bookstore there, so citywomen.com.au. Citywomen.com.au. And I would encourage you to do that. Grab them because it also helps support um, what Letitia is doing here, which, by the way, is not just rest- – restricted is the wrong word, but it's not just impacting Toowoomba. Make sure you come back next week because we're going to tell you a story of how the assistant to the president of France gave her a phone call one day. Um, and so what she's doing is honestly being inspirational to people far and wide. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, guys, I'll see you on Friday. Until then, have a great week. Bye.